Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Nashonda Shines. So that's a beautiful segue into Kona. Like, yeah. obviously, everyone in this call has made it to Kona. So you know that they're an amazing, incredible athlete. But let's let's talk about this because 2023 was a big year. People, a lot of speculations. Is this going to really work? But people really, really watching what's going on. I was glued to my tracker because I was secretly tracking all y'all. Um, once I saw who was, I was like, yep, I'm tracking, I'm tracking, I'm tracking. And of course in BTA, everybody was keeping us posted. Your partner, Jamie Ariel was keeping us posted in BTA and making sure, letting us know who was coming out. So it was an exciting time. Um, and I just want to talk about your experience at Kona racing Kona and what that meant for you to be a part of history. Um, so thank you for still hanging with us and listening to us, but this is important. So yes, it is going a little bit longer, but this is a moment. So let's talk about this. And I, I want to start with both Nicole and Tiencia, because you guys have been in the sport a longer time and you've seen the sport evolve. And I do believe you guys have been to Kona previously. And I, I want to talk about with you all, the difference in the feel, the vibe, what it means and what it meant to be seeing, to see six, to be a total of six of you all there. What type of impact did that have during this time? So that's a question for you too. Um, I guess for me, um, I first went, I guess the year before. So in 2022, and when I went that year, they did have um, a separate women's race, kind of, but there were a certain age group men in our race. And I believe there was um, one other or a couple other uh, black females at the time. Margot Gregory was one of the ones that I um, talked to. And I just, I guess the sensation I got is just being there, being at the experience of Kona, like, I mean, you're there, you see the um, Hawaiians and, and just all the history. And again, I first got into it after reading the book Iron War, which is about the big race um, in Kona and just not seeing that many of us and wondering, you know, why we weren't a part of the experience more. Um, and then coming back uh, this last year, it was just amazing. It's kind of, you know, for a lot of people who come from different groups, it's kind of this um, family, sense of family that you feel like even if you go to the mall and you see someone you've never seen them before, but they got braids and you kind of give them the nod, you know, it was it was that kind of thing. And so to see them out there like doing their thing, I'm dying. I'm sure everybody else is dying. We're all struggling, but we're going and we're going together and that was just an amazing thing um, for me not only with triathlon but starting as a distance runner you know to see things evolve to where you're the only one to now there's all types of people and and i, th I think that i like the direction um that the sport is going and when we got there for the second time and it was all female i felt like the vibe was so supportive and it was like we're all there cheering each other on like 
it, I didn't feel like I was racing the other athletes. I felt like we were all out there racing ourselves. And so that that's the sensation I got the second time with the all female race. Thank you for sharing that. Nicole, you want to add? Uh, just, just to be clear, this was my first time. Oh, okay. Well, congratulations. First timer. Yeah. Just, yeah. So I'm, I appreciate hearing what Tansy I had to say. Um, uh, and I, I guess my Kona experience was, I think, just kind of, uh, I had a lot of feelings going into this race. I guess uh, three weeks before the race, I partially tore my hamstring. So I had a 50% tear on my right and a minor tear on my left. So, and I'm not used to being injured. And to finally make it to this race and to be injured was was weighing very, very heavily on my mind because the thought of not finishing, the thought of not doing well, like, how did you do so well just seven weeks ago? And you qualified for this thing and now you're going into this injured. So I know for me, that was weighing a lot on my mind. And I think it impacted my experience of being there. Um, and to be brutally on, I'll be brutally honest. Um, Hona was, I, for as much as I'd heard about it, I found it a little underwhelming and I don't know. And again, because and I, I talked to my coach about this and I said, maybe because it was, not, it was great that it was all women. That was really, really cool. But I had to wonder if the experience was different because the men weren't there, or maybe it was the setup, you know, Ironman, the Ironman village is like half a mile down the road compared to like Montreblanc where everything is enclosed in one area. It's just, you don't even have to leave. Everything is right there. So I had to wonder if that played anything into it. But um, I, I just, again, I guess this was Ironman number eight for me. So just, it was just, uh, I was kind of just like, Wow, I I I gotta be on. I'll be brutally honest. I was a little bit underwhelmed, but just being there, the experience of being there was amazing. Just qualifying was being amazing was was amazing, um, and just to see from the first from my first half Ironman in 2011 to now, the experience of just being the first black woman or the only black woman at 70.3 that I can recall ever seeing at that race, my first time, and now just seeing the growth in the sport. That now there were six of us here at Kona. That was pretty cool. So just to see the growth and there's more of us getting out there and getting involved in the sport, I think that's great. Um, I, I I hear a lot of women that I that I, I know and I train with and, and sometimes the swimming is overwhelming. You know, swimming in open water is overwhelming, but to know that that more are getting engaged and trying and just <laughs> trying kind of there, but just getting engaged in, in, in the sport and you can do it. And it's, it's, you can do it. Just my, my hairdresser, you swam with color. It can be done. You know what I mean? So it's just, uh, so, so I, I, I'm happy to see the growth in the sport. I'm happy that I qualified for, for Kona. And, and I, like my coach said, you'll just have to qualify again, to see if it's any different somewhere else. But yeah, that's it. I love how your coach said, just qualify again to see if it's any different. But let's hit on the black girl <laughs> hair issues, because that's a real thing. We even we haven't even touched on the black girl hair issues yet. That's a whole different story, uh, especially at your level, because think about it, like you're practicing. You know, when you're training for an Ironman, you have to train. You can't worry about what your hair look like. You got to figure out, get your battle braids, get your twist in, get your, wear your wigs, have, make sure you have your wigs collection together. Like it's a real thing. I, think, I digress, I think, but okay. As, as someone who has been exercising all her life, um, and, and especially when I got older, people would just say, oh, but you know, your hair doesn't look all that good that day. And I'm like, yeah, my body's on point though. <laughs> well, <Wow. laughs> I'm, I'm 50 years old and I can wear clothes I wore 25 years ago. So, hey, how about that? So anyway, my hair not, might not be perfect, but that's okay. I've accepted that my hair may not be in the greatest shape because of the life that I leave, but eventually, uh, you know, hair is just one thing. Your health is forever. This is, a, you're only given one body in life. 
you've, you've got to take care of it. That's hair is just, it's here. It's just here. And that's, but um, I fully advocate for, you know, with the swimming, I always saturate. I always wet my hair first and then put a conditioner on first. And then I put a conditioner on before I get my swim cap. So um, there are tricks to the trade. I've even heard of some people say they do that before they run just to counteract the saltiness and the sweat. They just put conditioner in their hair before they get started. So there are tricks to the trade to be learned, but that's it. And just moisturize your hair. I mean, that's that. But except it's not going to be perfect every day and be okay with that that's me there it is hashtag wigs for me okay so and we'll move it on to, i'm just kidding but i love it I, I appreciate you saying that because i think people need to know it's not about your hair even though it could be about it right but not to make it an excuse figure out what works for you and make that your thing um okay so how do we do this next because we got four other beginners was uh Jamie, Akila, Jaja, and Annette, this was all your first time being in Kona as well. So let's talk about the experience. Thank you, Nicole, for being vulnerable. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Nicole is like a straight shooter. She, that's my friend. Nicole, thank you. I just, I needed to say that. Thank you. But okay. She's amazing. She's, I'll go. I just think, and on the, on the, on the, um, I'll piggyback off of the hair situation. I just have just come to accept that my hair is always in a bun. Hair is not going to be the reason why I don't work out. And that's just, it is what it is. So if my hair is down, you'll just know that I'm going to an event, but it happens very infrequently. Um, so that it is what it is, but I'm with you, Nicole. Um, for me, I will say, I, I like to be very clear with folks in that I did not, my, my um, time in Kona, my, a road to Kona was not through qualification. My road through Kona was through the Ironman Foundation. And I want to be very clear with that because I know that there is a lot of um, feeling attached to that because for me, being in Kona was in, um, was by but was by invitation. And so within the triathlon world, there can be some feeling with some people where they um, are turned off by folks that are there where they're like, oh, you didn't qualify, therefore you may or may not belong on course because you did not qualify. Um, so I'm always, um, uh, I always like to preface my participation in Kona by saying I was there as um, a member of the Ironman Foundation. So that's how I was able to participate in Kona. Um, and so uh, as far as how my experience was, it was through that lens. Um, I had an opportunity to meet some amazing people that I probably otherwise would not have been able to meet. Um, I was able to meet Adrienne Bunn, who was the youngest individual on course who, um, has, is, uh, who has autism. She's 18 years old. Um, and so she was there on course as well. So that was awesome. And then I don't know, Nicole, I haven't done eight, right? So I've done one. So for me, it was amazing, right? As far as where um, where Ironman Village is in relationship to the end, I don't know, right? Like for me, it, it was just unbelievable to be able to be there. It was amazing for me to be able to have that experience. My family was there to have that opportunity. Um, for me, I was geeking over the um, the pro lines to be able to see that. Like when I went and I uh, be when I went and I checked in my bike 
here came the tears again. I literally did not stop crying from when I checked in my bike going down the red carpet. I felt like royalty, right? It's like you're going down the carpet. We've talked a little bit here about not having our tires pumped and not knowing stuff about bikes. I will say that I'm probably the world's worst triathlete. I know nothing about bike maintenance. Knock on wood. Thank you, Jesus, that I have yet to have an issue out on course. Um, but like I entered into like transition and they were amazing. Like they were able to help me rack my bike, tell me where to go. Um, the volunteers were amazing. I thought it was empowering that it was all women. I have two daughters who are um, athletes. One is going to play at the next level um, in college. Um, so they're competitive athletes. So we are a family, a fitness family. So it's been amazing um, to train with my kids, but it was also from, important for me that my kids were there. It was important for me that I have my daughters that were able to see me reach that level, but also for my my daughters to know what they could do. My daughter is going to turn 18 this week. And if it wasn't for basketball season, she was like, mom, maybe I could run 18 miles for my birthday. Like to hear my daughter say that, that was unbelievable to me. But my, I know that my daughter said those words because she has watched what I've done, but because I've exposed her to these things, she was able to have, or not just she, but both of them were able to have amazing conversations with the women that were there. Right. So that was just, um, I don't know. That was special for me. So for me, it was beyond race day. It was the experience of the week that we were there. So I, I want to, it doesn't matter how you got there. You got there and you performed. And and I want to be very clear because yeah. that's like saying Heinz Ward, he did Kona in 2013. Did, did he qualify? No, it was by invitation or Gordon Ramsay who did it. And I think, mm, 20, I think Gordon Ramsay did it in 2013 too. So here's the deal. These people did it by invitation, but they finished it. So it doesn't we really did. matter. And honestly, yes, every but... year, there's always people who get invited to do Kona. Yeah. So those and people I appreciate... got feelings, they need to take them back to their feelings and let their feelings I, deal and, with it. And I appreciate you saying that, but it's but it, there are people within the community, right, that, that have strong feelings about that. And it, and it, and it, it, there is a conversation and there's a murmur, right? And so there's that pressure to show up. There's that pressure to, to produce and to race well and to put your best foot forward because you do have eyes that are looking on you. And it's not, and it's like twofold, right? Because we are black females that are out there. And then we've got the pressure of, oh, did I qualify? Did I not qualify? So then it's like double whammy, double-edged sword. And so it's really that pressure of leading up to it and 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 making sure that you are producing those results and and having a great race and and doing everything that all eyes are on you. Like it's there's a lot there's a lot of emotion that goes into that week. Just, I just wanted to just can I can I clarify one thing? I just wanted to share one thing and and, and I and when I say okay, so everybody can agree getting to Cone was really expensive, right? Can we all agree it was. Okay, for you know, it was like fifteen hundred dollars for the race, another thousand for Airbnb just for the few days that I was there, another thousand dollars. They were talking about a four thousand dollar race just just to be there, right? And I guess when I say it was like I was telling my coach, I was like, you know, I guess I was just there were a few things that were unique compared, you know, compared to your average Ironman versus Kona. There were a few things that were unique, and I guess I just expected a little bit more for to double the price of a race what do we what do we get right that was just my my feeling about it like just just a couple yeah okay we got an extra towel a coin <laughs> i guess my coach was telling me how when he used to do you know half iron man's you get a tracksuit 
<laughs> like, I used to like really up like the goodie the goodie bag. So that's that that's all. I, I just throw that out there. We can cut that if you want to, but that's just my two cents. It just kind of felt like if I'm paying double to just be at this race, everything it takes to get all the way over to Hawaii. And again, I didn't know if it was just because there were just women there. So what would, you know, like Iron Man Village seemed very thin considering that this was like the premiere. This was Kona. Where is everybody at the village? You know what I mean? It just felt a little bit just... And again, I don't know if it was because it was just because maybe half, you know, half of the field is there because it was just women. Wasn't sure. So I'd be curious to see what the men are like next year. Like if it, if it's just men only at Kona. But again, sometimes you get the impression we're still kind of coming out of COVID. So those are, that's still kind of affecting things, I feel. But yeah. I'll say no more. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Um, everyone's experience is their experience. And you know, you're always going to have people who are going to talk and criticize something. And are those the people that are actually there? And so let people talk, but you did it and you're here to talk about it and you're still a part of history. And so it doesn't matter how you got there. You did it. And uh, you essentially tried beginner's luck and you succeeded. And even if you didn't, you still went out there and you gave it your best. And so I think that's the most important part. And I think if we switch our mindset to think in that regard, it doesn't matter how people get anywhere. There's, do you not understand? Okay, I'm not going to go there because we, who else would like to tell their story? Because um, we can talk about privilege all day if we want to, but that ain't, yeah. So go ahead. So um, I, I think first going into Kona, before even going there, I think one of my priorities, even just for, you know, these ladies, unfortunately, I didn't know Nicole was participating until she got there. So it was amazing to find that out. But um, I was just excited to showcase this sisterhood. Uh, these beautiful ladies that you're seeing here. I mean, I reached out to Tony Brown, who's always been a supporter of mine, because I've always been one to say, I don't know what I'm doing. To Can you help me with this, this or that? And um, on our way to Kona, hey, I don't know what we're doing and when everybody's going to get there, but can you make us shirts? <laughs> Um, and he's always been amazing, an amazing supporter for me from BTA. I've been in Black Triathletes Association for such a long time. And um, I remember seeing him do his first triathlon. And I know when I did my first, he was a great supporter of me and just whenever my family does them. So I just couldn't wait to showcase this sisterhood. I didn't know exactly how many of us were going to be there, but um, I knew Tensia was going to be there and I wanted to learn so much from her. This was my first time being on the course with her and it just happened to be Kona. So I was excited to just learn so much from her. Um, Akila, I had raced Maryland with, so we didn't talk about that, but that was our, uh, I think that may have been my fourth uh, full, but um, I raced with her there and then I had my two rider dies on here too. So just, uh, training with them leading up to I just can't wait to be like I don't care how we got here all of us got there differently whether it was legacy or qualifying but we are here and there is 2,000 others that don't look like us but they will know that we're here we're going to be matching shirts and we're going to wear some fast chicks bathing suits and we're going to have braids and we're going to be loud <laughs> and you're going to know whether you didn't know we were coming we're here now and um, we're in the building, if so to speak. So I was excited about that experience before I even got there. Um, my husband flew 15 hours. He was coming all the way from Europe 
um, which is where he's stationed right now. So um, just the fact that he was able to be there with me, whether I was going to have a great experience or not, um, my boys could see just um, me competing with all these amazing female athletes from not just the South or the States, but just all over the world, just being on the plane with women who were athletes. And the majority of us did not speak the same language. Um, but you could see in our bodies that we were athletes and you could tell when we were arriving what we were going there for. And we were going to take over a part of Hawaii, just women. I mean, the interviews were just female athletes. Wasn't like men have, you know, a part of this and then the women. It was all about the women. And I, you know, I was at the um, host hotel. So I was in the elevator with pros and they were just so kind. And many of them, I followed them and I was like, oh my God, hey, great to meet you. We took selfies and pictures. And it just felt like everyone was so supportive of each other because whether they were a pro, they started at, you know, being an age group. So they never made me feel like I didn't belong. Now there were some times where I did have some times and periods where people did make me feel not belong, but none of them were athletes. So, you know, those were parts that I just chose to ignore. And um, the experience that I have with just these ladies, seeing us, seeing us on the morning of, seeing each other's families who traveled. We took one big family photo. Um, we saw each other at the swim. And just um, the anticipation of that being all about women. And then for us to showcase and let other women who may never go to Kona, who didn't know anything about it, we made sure you knew that we were going and you knew that we were there. And that was my major goal going up to it. And I um, feel like we lived up to that <laughs> for that whole week. You were going to know there was an underpants run. You were going to know that uh, <laughs> uh, there was going to be a practice swim. You were going to know everything that was going on because we were posting and taking it over every day. And we were going to educate people. Not only are we there, several people get there different ways. And um, we were going to let you know that. For the whole entire week. And uh, I'm really happy about that. So glad that you mentioned about the shirts. Cause I was like, how did they all know? And the shirts, it, everything was just so on point. Cause you're right. For those who follow you all, you guys kept us so informed. It was as if we were on, we were there on the big Island with y'all. So thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your story. All right. Who's next up? We didn't really get y'all off in gate. Okay. Who's next? I'm going to calm down. See, I told you. Jamie, you want to go next? I think you were going to press the button. All right. So um, I got there through Legacy, kind of like Akila said, I kind of like to put that out. Um, and I actually had some like reservation going into it, um, kind of feeling like, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, am I good enough to be there? Like having that kind of like feeling that internal feeling. Um, but I went to, they actually had like a Legacy banquet and um they were speaking and they were basically saying like if anybody deserves to be here it's you yeah we get everybody like the age groupers got to work their ass off it took 14 fools to get, well 13 fools to get there because you got 12 but then you have to make you have to do another race after you qualify so um you know they're like if you are not feeling like worthy or you don't feel like you belong here you actually have the most experience because it took this many, you know, fools to get there. Um, so I was kind of feeling like that a little, but I was going to be there with Jamie and Jaja, my girls, you know, <laughs> me and 
Yeah, we race a lot. We train a lot. We're really, you know, really, really good friends. Um, so I was super excited about that. We got there. We're like, Jamie, where are you at? We're trying to go shopping. You know, <laughs> it was a really good time um, just because we are really close knit. It was like, we're going to let everybody know that we are up in here. Representation matters. Um, we have this many people of color and booty been on this island, you know, come <laughs> underpants run. We were letting it be known. I did a lot of posting. Um, and just because it is a very, you know, Caucasian sport, there's a lot of those in there and there's not that many of us there. Um, like black and brown people, they're not represented very well in this sport. More people are, are starting to come out now. Um, but it's important to let it be known where so many of us are there. And that was pretty much my goal that whole weekend, just like posting and um, having fun. Cause I was like, I'm never gonna be here again. I'm retiring from fools. So I just wanted to enjoy the moment. My, you know, my parents came down, my kids unfortunately couldn't make it. My, my son, we had took a vacation, a summer vacation before that we were on a cruise. So he couldn't come and my daughter had just started college. Um, so it was kind of just me and then, you know, with my parents, but I had a wonderful experience with the ladies, Z and uh, Jamie, I love them. so. I was really, really happy to be there. We were together almost every single day. So, yeah. And if you don't know, Annette, she's always going to have some battle braids, which I'm shocked she don't have battle braids in her And our nails. Right so our nails and our battle braids, everybody knew us from the fast chicks. We even got posted. People were like, let me see your nails. I actually got little stickers made for the girls and little Iron Man stickers. And we had some super cute nails. So love it. And that's what it's all about. Like, you know, you may not know each other intimately, but you know each other collectively because of the experiences that you have or will endure. And I appreciate that you guys showed up well and showed up together. That to me is equally as powerful and it helps to enhance the overall experience. So shout out to that. All right, Jamie. All right, well, hopefully I can make this short and sweet, but um, I can pull from everybody's story, including yours, Nicole, and I wish you would have had a better experience. Um, I would say since this is my first, I got there early and I did every single event possible. So every event that was put on the event calendar, I pretty much went to. Um, I was underwhelmed by the banquet. I will say that, but uh, other than the banquet, that was the only thing I was like, oh, I could have slept through this. I could have got me a little nap now, but it was, it was overwhelming. And I think the mindset that I went into it was, you know, the reason why I had such a great experience. Like I worked hard to get there. Um, didn't even think I was going to be there. And when I made going, making, you know, a world championship race, my goal and then to to get like almost halfway through the year and be like, I can't even get a chance. You know what I mean? So to to be able to get that post-race from Maryland qualification, um, I was very grateful to just be able to go in the same year that all these other ladies was going. So it made it pretty special for me. And so I went in with a lot of gratitude. Um, but I can see how having any type of injury could weigh on you and make that experience just a little less um enjoyable because the worry of you know how it's going to happen if you're even going to be able to do it that does weigh it down on you and I'm pretty sure we all had doubts about whether or not um, we was going to cross that finish line so um, I wish we could have you know held on to you and brought you into our little fun experience and made it a little bit more enjoyable for you um, but yeah we got there early and I actually just like 
you know, most of them got to see hope, you know, Kona evolve. And it is pretty spread out. Things are not all close together. Um, there's multiple stores. So it's a lot of involvement. But I mean, doing every single event from the 5k run the first time to the, you know, actual event, I was like, I probably did too much. Because <laughs> on race day, I was like, Oh, I probably should have not did all these things. But, you know, my whole goal at that that point was to to get the medal to cross the finish line to walk that carpet even if you know that's what I had to do was walk so um yeah I enjoyed every minute of it these ladies made it super special because this sport can be very lonely and to be able to go to that type of event with that type of pressure and I mean I I don't know where y'all were but I'm pretty sure Annette heard multiple people asking how did you get here how did you qualify what race did you qualify at (laughs) so there can be a little bit of intimidation um with some of the you know questions when you get to talking to people but it was more lighthearted than um the 70.3 worlds with the men the vibe was a little more um stressful because you did feel like you know everybody was there about business like they were standing on business at that race but at Kona you know there was some questions here and there but it still was pretty uh, pretty much a chill vibe and I think that had a lot to do with it only being women so I can appreciate like all the high fives and you know congratulations along the course but the race itself is hard <laughs> from beginning to end like let me tell you uh they they talked about the pre-race so you already know all of that leading up but I've never been to a swim with that many spectators um in the beginning like usually the swim is pretty low-key you get a you know a nice little ease into your day the swim is a warm-up no like it is super hype it was I'm like walking through crowds just to get to the swim start which you don't realize like there was still 2,000 and something, 2,500 women there. There was still a lot of women. So it was still a huge, you know, um, venue and race. And to have that many spectators at the beginning, my heart rate was like like 150. So um, yeah. And then getting, even getting to the start, they were like, you got I think I had like two minutes and I, my feet, I haven't even got my feet in the water and we had two minutes to the start. So I went from swimming to the, um, cause you swim out and do a mass start in the water in your age group. And by, I couldn't even get to the beginning of it before the race had started and we started swimming. So yeah, it was, um, definitely one of the hardest races I've ever done from beginning to end. And just like everybody else, the queen K stole my soul. I even did the 70.3 in Hawaii and I knew I had to, you know, be patient be patient on the bike and yeah those winds and that sun it just kind of beats you down but um, I survived the whole thing and the the run was just a run walk try to survive this and do what you got to do to get across that finish line and get that medal um I'm sorry at the end of the race I had mad blisters my foot was hurting and I couldn't take anything off until I got to the house so it was a matter of you know getting in the car and getting home but I did get to see Tansia at the end she she came back she's you know she probably had been done for what four hours at that point 
So yeah, she probably was the only one who was able to stick around and give, you know, hugs post-race. But yeah, Amy, I'm not when, that I was, when I was coming in, I saw her, she was with her husband. She was all showered and refreshed, had had a full meal. I was coming down for like my last three miles. She like, she was like, Waving, do you remember seeing? I don't know if you remember seeing me, but she was all like fully changed, no. fully refreshed. I was like, Oh, okay, yeah, you've been in for no, 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 that was all an illusion. After the race, I went and I laid down on one of those, um, I don't know what it was, what the little things by the beach. Um, oh, oh, yeah, the like the, the yeah. lounge chairs, the lounge yeah. chairs for about an hour because I couldn't get up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In recovery. I think I, saw, I think I saw you right around mile 25, I think. You were yeah, she was she was done. And I was like, she's my hero. <laughs> I was like, um, okay, yeah, she she's I, I have she's a question. I have a question for everybody. And I, I just have a question. Did anybody have any problems with like are you did you get sunburned? Anybody get sunburned? I, I still have my, my number on my arm. Okay. Me, so I still have my hand. I had, I had to wonder because I can still see and I, I remember kind of laughing a little, little bit about the people with a little less melanin thinking oh my gosh they look like a lobster but holy cow I still have I still can see yeah. the line yeah. on my legs I'm like I think I suffered some permanent damage <laughs> yeah, I burned really bad and I had the numbers tattooed like not tattooed I had the numbers like sunburn into my arm for the longest time they finally went away, but I never burned that. I was peeling like I was yeah. like, uh, You're that close to the sun. It makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Look, that is what it's all about. These experiences. Y'all saw how they all came alive when they were like, yes, and I got this. <laughs> I absolutely love oh, it. And let me yeah. just shout out to Jamie because Jamie had a major year of not only doing age group nationals, but she went to Ironman 70.3 Worlds. As well oh, yeah. as so Ironman World Championship, mm -hmm. and so did TNTO. Were you at age group nationals? No, I didn't oh. do age group nationals. Oh. I was at the Worlds in Finland. Okay, because let me tell y'all, she when I tell you. Tiencia is a super Jedi. She's like, come in and come out. Like, <laughs> it's like, if you don't catch her and hold her down in the moment while you see her, you are not going to see her. So I could have missed you at age group nationals, <laughs> no. but I love to like give the shout outs. And so I think that's amazing. These black women are rocking it. They are doing the darn thing. And I am just grateful that you came on to share your story. And yes, this did go a little long, but the respect and to hear these stories, where else has it been captured? but it has been captured right here on Try Beginner's Luck. And so I am so grateful. And I can't let you go without rapid fire. Rapid, Nicole, fire. Rapid, <laughs> Akila, fire. Okay, rapid. So we are going to do this fast. Think about getting into the water and getting out quickly. If that's not your thing, we are going to do this. So cool. But I am just Shout out to you guys for going long and doing it well and to keep doing it. I heard you, Annette, say that you've retired. I don't believe it, but we're <laughs> going to see. So we hope to see, you know, and just follow you guys. We're going to make sure that we connect you all when we do the, um, when we put this out on the social, you'll be able to follow them, follow them, see what they're doing. These are amazing women who are doing some incredible things. So just put that out there. Rapid fire. All right. We are here for rapid fire. Give me your favorite music artist and favorite song. Um, Beyonce, all of her songs, not a favorite song. 
Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, I would say Bougie Banton is my favorite. And again, I like all his songs, but Champion is special. Michael Jackson, uh, everything. Okay. Um, I'm an Adele fan, and I have to say all of them because she's my spirit animal. Nicole? Nicki Minaj, fly. That's why I said you my friend, Nicole. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Jamie? Oh, I, I answered for Nicole. I'm sorry. I said Nicki Minaj, fly. Oh, okay. Sorry. I went in out of order. I was like, yeah, but I love that too. Okay, Nicole, what's your favorite? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank. Skip. Skip. <laughs> I can't answer that one. I'm drawing a blank. Okay, that's right. Because you like, uh, you don't run with music and stuff. So I get it. I remember you saying that earlier. Okay. I can tell you what, tell you what. The first song, Nicki Minaj, uh, Moment for Life. Is that what the name of it is? That's the first song mm. on my one hour spin playlist. And so, yes, there we go. I love it. I love it. Are you a transition minimalist, Goldilocks, where everything has to be just right, or kitchen sink quarter, you bring everything? Um, In the middle. I... Goldilocks. Don't bring everything like Pam, but you know, I have a lot of stuff. Okay. Uh, I'm a minimalist. Um, I do the bare minimum and in all my years of racing, I've never even used special needs. I just... Nice. Minimalist. But kitchen sink, I have everything. Kids say I need to work on transition for that very reason. <laughs> minimalist. And I'm a minimalist. Minimalist. Sometimes I don't even bring my shoes. <laughs> Oh, 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 okay. Well, I don't know how that works out. All right. Morning or evening workouts? Oh. Morning. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a morning person. Morning, 4 a.m., baby. Morning, without a doubt. Morning. Jamie? Whenever I get up. There it is. <laughs> and respect, respect, respect. All right. Swim in a wetsuit or without? Oh, wetsuit. Without. Wetsuit. I think it depends on the situation. Prefer wetsuit, legal, without. I love my warm races. Okay. Mm -hmm. Training indoors on, you know, indoor trainer or outdoors? Mm -hmm. Outdoors when weather permits, but I'm stuck indoors right now. Um, outdoors, unless I have a Netflix that I really want to watch, because that's the only time I watch TV. <laughs> love that. Outdoors. I take too long to find something to watch on Netflix because I don't watch TV. Uh, outdoors, always. Outdoor, except sometimes on the bike if I'm riding a specific course. Prefer outdoors, but I do understand the benefit of indoors. And our final question that we don't let anyone leave the Trial Beginners Luck podcast without answering. Do you pee on the bike or get off and take a proper pee break? I've tried. I've tried to pee on the bike. I don't know how to do it. I'm trying to master it, but I will just get off and pee over it and like not go to a porter porter job. So <laughs> always on the bike. Always on the bike. Okay. <laughs> I'm never getting off my bike. So there's your answer. I've never had to pee on the bike, but I would if I could. Otherwise, I'm like Annette. I've peed all over town. <laughs> I really I'm sorry. Have. I'm sorry. <laughs> That, that three minutes isn't going to break. Pour the potty. Pour the potty. Nah. <laughs> Can you repeat the question, please? Sure. The question for 200 is, would you pee on the bike or get off and take a proper pee break? I'm going to pee on the bike because it's probably going to go everywhere anyway. I love it. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you for coming on and sharing this little moment of history with me. Thank you all so much for being on uh, 
and sharing this little piece of history with me on the Tribe Beginners Luck podcast. Um, be sure to like and follow us for those of you who are listening, uh, like and follow on YouTube. We are starting a new component, which will be on YouTube only. And that is Ask a Coach, which will debut, which debuted last week. So if you haven't, go ahead and see the first Ask a Coach. We want to make this sport accessible. And so if you have questions, send them in. The link is in the bio or the link will be in the show notes so that you can put that in. We also had the saying, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Ashonda Shines and we are out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.